welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Happy New Year, Kingdom Culture. So good to see you on this New Year's Day. It just so happens, of course, that Sunday lands on New Year's Day. Hope you had an amazing uh, yesterday. Hope you celebrated New Year's Eve coming into 2023. Can't believe it. We're here, you know. And we thought by this time, three decades ago, that we'd be flying in cars all around. Hey, we're not there yet, but... We are in 2023 and good things are ahead. Good things are always ahead for those that are keeping in track with where God is taking them. And so I'm excited about this new year. I hope you are too. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're live with us, please let us know where you're watching from. Let us know how we can support you, pray with you. Uh, There will be people in the chat, moderating the chat. And we'd love to connect with you and hope to see you maybe if you're local with us one day live uh, at Cineplex where we meet Sunday after Sunday. But please share this broadcast if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching just on YouTube, share it. Subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the like button and help spread this message uh, with us as part of the family. Today we are launching a brand new series called All Things New. Come on, say it all things new for 2023. Yes, we're in a new year, and I don't always like to kind of partner with the typical cliche, we're in the new year, talking about new things, you know, because, you know, I I'm I probably would lean more towards following the, the Hebrew calendar, the Jewish calendar, in the sense of key dates and key moments, spiritually speaking, but hey, we're celebrating the new year this year, uh, 2023, we're excited for what God is going to do, and uh, we're talking about all things new. We're launching into a a little bit of a mini series. So I hope you can track with us over the next uh, few weeks here. And for today, for the first part of this All Things New mini series, we are talking about this idea of new landscape. And I'm just wanting to declare this as a prophetic word for you new landscape positioned in 2023. If God gives you a word, God will then expect you to position yourself in such a way to see the fulfillment of that word. God gave Elijah a word that the end of the drought, which he also prophesied, was about to come. And so he warned King Ahab, uh, get your chariots ready. There is the sound of rain, mighty mighty rain coming after th- over three and a half years of drought. He prophesies the end of it, and then he goes and he prays it into existence. He positioned himself. In fact, he said to his servant seven times, go see, go look, go look, look again, look again. And the whole time he had his head between his legs, literally like crouched down, praying seven times for the fulfillment of that word. He was positioned to see fulfillment of the word. I I think this is such a crucial truth and revelation to live by as believers that if you feel like you have a sense of where God's taking you, what he wants to do in your life, in a specific season of life, it's important that you 
find the position you need to be in to birth that word, so to speak, to pray that word into being. If you feel like this is gonna be a year of financial freedom, well, what are you doing to position yourself for financial freedom? If you feel like this is gonna be a year of, of great stretching or great um, growth in different areas, what are you doing for those things to take place? It's really important that we put feet to the spiritual leadings of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, Galatians says it like this, to keep in step with the Spirit. We don't just stay, you know, stagnant, stay like swampy water, not moving. No, spiritual life is constantly moving. It's a, it's a, it's a flowing river. It's like Jesus said it in John 7. If you believe in me, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, rivers, moving waters. Because in the kingdom, when we're led by the Spirit, we're always moving. And so even waiting in the kingdom looks like action, looks like an active waiting, a moving, a positioning. And so I want to encourage you that in 2023, this is your time to position yourself for this to take place in your life. God wants to give you a new landscape. Now, you might be like, well, what do you mean by new landscape? <clears throat> I think back to one of um, the jobs that really probably was you know, quite prevalent in my life earlier on, um, both like when I was really young, one of my first jobs ever was actually with my, my father at the age of 11 doing landscaping. And I remember, uh, basically doing all the grunt work, but I, I remember learning what it was like to labor, learning what it was like to work in the heat, um, you know, eight to 10 hour days. I remember that as an 11 year old, like, and I've always kind of had a job, always kind of worked really hard. And, and, uh, I remember like when I came out of high school, I started doing landscaping again, did it for several years. And, you know, I think landscaping like construction, like renovation of, of, those types of jobs is one of the most and can be one of the most rewarding jobs when you actually go into a place, go into a yard or go into a house and it's bare bones and you you basically build the whole thing, you see the end result, you see the reward of your hands, you see the tangible. So much of what we do creatively often feels like we're looking for tangible results, but really it's mostly intangible, intangible things or intangible results. Spiritually speaking, you know, you can get up on a platform and speak and you don't know what's happening in the heart of people. It's an intangible result that you don't see. Of course, you know, eventually you'll see a tangible result in people's lives, transformation, but so much of what we do in the spirit is intangible often or feels that way. We can't measure it. We can't see always the fruit from an eternal perspective right away until later on in life or maybe, you know, one day when we die. But with stuff that we're doing with our hands, construction, we're building, we're making things happen, creating stuff, it's an amazing experience to see the end result after working really hard and uh, the total transformation both inside and out. It's really the reward of seeing something through from start to finish. You know, for us, for me, back in that time working landscaping, it was like these amazing interlock patios, these water features, garden walls, lighting, all these different things. Like I didn't just do, I didn't do sod. I wasn't like a yard maintenance guy, um, but I did do all these elaborate, um, you know, big jobs for people's back. I I remember one job we'd put like, I think it was like 125,000 pounds of sand in a sandbox. We made this like massive sandbox, bigger than the footprint of my entire house. And it was like a massive sandbox and uh, massive play structure for their kids. And I remember just seeing the end result, like digging the sand, you know, this is back when we weren't using bobcats and machines as much. 
you know, wheeling the sand in with a wheelbarrow eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, often in the summertime in the heat, 14 hours a day, getting the job done. I mean, it was a toil. It was a sweaty toil, but I loved seeing the end results. And, you know, the thing about landscaping too is when you go into someone's yard or whatever, you're, you're not, yes, you're digging up foundation. Yes, you're digging up earth. You're putting in new foundation. You're putting in gravel, all the kind of things you put in to make sure there's a strong foundation, but you're still building upon the earth that's already there. You're not digging so deep that you're digging through the earth. So you're, you're, you're literally building on what's already there. And sometimes when God gives us a new word, we think we have to, or a word like this new landscape, throw out everything old, throw out all the things that once was, you know, and even in the kingdom, Jesus likens the kingdom in a parable, like a man who goes into a storehouse and brings out old and new treasure. We don't throw out the old, we build on the old and continue on. We build on what was and continue on to build forward. It doesn't mean we don't have to like fix some foundational issues or dig up some things and some elements and, you know, dig up an old interlock job to put a new one down. It doesn't mean that we have to, that we're never changing and we're never fixing stuff. But what I'm just saying is that we're always building on something. We're always building on someone else's sacrifice at some level, whether you're learning from a, a professor or a teacher about how to start a business. And well, you're building that business based upon someone else who sacrificed in study and also experience to teach you how to do it your own way or how to do it for yourself. And so you're always taking from or building from something that's already been established. And so I talk about this idea of new landscape and and just like someone's backyard, like I said, we're building on something. I believe in 2023, God wants the landscape of our lives to look different. And my prayer this year is that the look, focus, and how your life and leadership are utilized changes into something even better than it is right now. Because that's what landscaping does. It changes the look, it changes the focus, and the utilization of a property. So if you go into your backyard, it's all sod and just a fence and you have no sitting area, no interlock patio, no garden walls, no garden, all that kind of stuff, no water feature. As soon as you put all that in, all of a sudden it changes the look, the focus, and the utilization, what you're able to do with the property. And there's so many things in your life, in my life, in our lives together that I believe God wants to do a facelift for or facelift in. And it's gonna change the look, it's gonna change the focus and the utilization of whatever God has entrusted you with. And this applies to everything. It could apply to family, it could apply to relationships, it could apply to your career, it could, apply, it could apply to your retirement stage and age and time of life that you're in right now. Wherever you find yourself, I believe this can apply to all of you. And I believe it's a prophetic word for all of you out there listening, those that wanna receive it. And I wanna highlight, because here's the thing, before you execute any sort of job, let's, let's say landscaping, that's the illustration we're using, you need to have, or at least a good job is gonna have a good blueprint. A job well done usually had already had uh, a good blueprint, a drawing, something that ha is a plan. And I let's call that plan for illustration's sake, the revelation of what something is supposed to be. The revelation of what could be for this backyard when the, when the landscaper, you know, the designer shows you the drawings. He's saying, hey, this could be your backyard. This is what it is right now. But with the, but this but the revelation of what could be is this. And this is the drawing. And if we can do this in your backyard, it will change the landscape entirely. So I want to highlight three revelations 
for 2023 that we need within, that will affect the landscape within our lives. Because we cannot affect the tangible on the outside of our lives until we deal with the landscape within our lives. And I'm talking about the revelation of the things that we have that we need to have to, to put our hands to work to see the tangible outcomes that God wants us to see in every area of our life, whether it's business, whether it's your career, your family, relationships, whatever you, whatever season of life you're in, there are things that God wants to do on the inside before he touches the outside. So number one, write this down. The first revelation that I believe God wants us to have within stronger than we've had in the past is the revelation of community. And I, I share this as a prophetic word because this is a prophetic word that I've actually been given myself and I've been pondering it for several months now. A word that I've been pondering for several several months now and how this is going to translate into our community at Kingdom Culture. So when I say these things, this is a direct prophetic deposit into our own community as Kingdom Culture. If you're watching and you're a visitor with us, welcome. We welcome you into the community. If you are a part of this community, you're an active member of this community, i.e. You, you are a team member, you're participating on Sunday to Sunday, I believe this is a prophetic word for where we need to go in 2023. Not that we're not, we don't have a revelation, but I believe there's something about the strength of this revelation and the focus of this revelation that's going to affect tangible outcomes in 2023. So it's the revelation, number one, of community. And something I have heard over, something I've learned actually over the years when it comes to community, because, you know, I've taught on community, we teach on community, and everybody's version of community is very different. Everybody's expectation of what community is, what community means, the definition for them in their personal life, how it pertains to every aspect of their lives is going to be different. But we can look at a biblical definition of community. We can look at what is what is the revelation biblically of community and how does that touch our lives. But here's something that, and we'll go there in a second, but there's something that I've learned over the years of leading spiritual community and being a part of community over the last two decades. This is what I've learned. Sometimes the people that say they want community the most are the ones that have the hardest time making real deep friendships. They often leave gatherings first. They do not prioritize gatherings. They complain often about how the community they are in is not good enough and the list goes on. I've noticed this and this is just as I'm generalizing. This is obviously there's exceptions. Not everyone is like this, but often the, the, the chatter that I hear the most, and this is over two decades now of, of experiencing spiritual community, church culture community, often the people that want it the most are the ones that have the hardest time making the deep, real deep friendships. And maybe that's why they, they want it the most. They, there's a void, there's this desire, but they just have this wall and they can't seem to break through. And part of that is because they're not able to join into what's facilitated for them to help deepen those relationships. They want to do it on their own terms often, and sometimes doing things on your own terms when there is a wall or a limitation yeah, doesn't go well, doesn't end well. And so sometimes we actually need other people to facilitate moments for us to kind of force us through a process, not, not in an aggressive way, but 
in an encouraging way to break through. Man, I'm thanking God for my mentors in life that literally, and I would use the word force, it sounds like a negative word, but almost forcefully encourage me, uh, let's, let's say it like that, into processes that they know would break me down, that would break my limitations to, so, so that I could break through. And, and seeing how they did that and, and it hurt, I didn't wanna do it and they knew what was best for me. I didn't often know what was best for me and I'm a better person because of it, because I let God in through the process of leaders in my life help how helping to facilitate my maturity and growth as a leader. I've also learned this too, sometimes people that want community the most can't seem to see the community that's right in front of them. It's like the same idea that often uh, we want opportunity in life and we wanna do amazing things in life, but yet we won't steward the things that are right now in our lap. We want the better job, but we've not done really good at our current job. We want the better promotion, but we've not exceeded expectations in the current role we're in. We always want the next thing at the expense of sacrificing doing well with what we already have. And this is often what happens. People want community, it's right in front of them, but they don't seem to engage. They don't seem to lean in. Maybe there's fears. I get it, there's hurts, traumas, pain points, things that have happened in the past, and I get all that, and there's a journey, and it's tough. I'm just sharing with you what I've learned, despite the reasons, despite the justifications, I'm just sharing an observation that I've noticed, and I just believe God wants us to break through in some of these areas. Sometimes people that have the real deep relationships, let me flip it now, because I've also seen this as well, sometimes people that have the real deep relationships, and I say deep because, well, hear me out here, do not end up running to those relationships when they need them the most. So this begs the question, how deep are they? So on the outside, they look really deep, they feel really deep, they're always hanging out together, but yet there's a disconnect, there's no go zones, there's certain things that those individuals will not go to those people for, even though those are the individuals they should be going to for support. This is, there's power in community and we often do the opposite of what we need to be doing with what God has put in front of us. And that's community, the value of relationships. The early church had a revelation uh, of this, of community powerfully, that led to transformation. This is the purpose of revelation. If you have a revelation that never leads to transformation, I would question whether or not it's a revelation. I would say that you have information, you have insight, but you do not have a revelation because a revelation is to open one's eyes to a reality that you were not yet accustomed to that ends up leading you on a path of transformation. That is the point of a revelation. If you have a real revelation, there will be a transformation. If you say you have a revelation about trusting God with your money, I mean, and I've heard secular people talk about this, like just, just people that, secular people in the sense of like, that don't believe in God, you know, Jesus is not the center of their life, they don't go to church, and yet they're able to see the principle of giving, the principle of generosity. Then, And I've heard guys, motivational speakers, people that are world-renowned, like, like say, and I actually heard this video recently, it really actually just touched me, and he was saying it in tears. He was saying like, if you can't give a dollar out of your $10, you'll never give $10 out of your $100. If you can't give $100 out of your $1,000, you'll never give, uh, you know, your first million out of your first $10 million. In other words, if you can't start with the small, you'll never be able to manage it when it grows and it's big. Start 
somewhere. And to see that these people that don't even have a revelation about generosity from a kingdom perspective, they might understand the principle of generosity, but they don't have a kingdom perspective of generosity, in some ways are operating more in the kingdom than those that are actually in the kingdom. And it's surprising to me, it's shocking to me, but this is the point I'm trying to make is that revelation, if you have a revelation about generosity, it has to look like something. It has to look like practice that leads to transformation. And I say the reason why this guy was crying is because he was sharing about how when he was in need, and once again, not a believer, when he was in need, when he was struggling financially, he would be helping people, helping the poor, helping give his last dime to those. Like he'd give the shirt off his back and he learned generosity when he had nothing. So now that he has multi, multi millions, it's easier for him to give because he grew over time from those hard places, from those hard moments by operating in a revelation, uh, not just information that led to transformation. And so we need this when it comes to community. In Acts chapter two, verse 42 to 47, it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. This is very important because that word devotion in the Greek literally means to devote yourself to something with an unrelenting continuance. To go all in in such a way that it's unrelenting. You don't quit, you persevere, you work it through. This is what relationship is supposed to be. Covenant relationship is supposed to be something that you work through, persevere through with unrelenting continuance. We have these elements that they focused on, the new believers, the, the new church, sorry, the new leadership in the church, the early church focused on these four things. Well, it was actually six things, but I'm not going to go into that, but these four that we see in the first, uh, this verse 42 of chapter two of the book of Acts, they focused on teaching, apostolic teaching, which is really like about the blueprint for spiritual life. Like how do we build the life of the kingdom? They had the blueprint. They focused on fellowship, community. They focused on the sharing of meals, engaging and in the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They focused on all these four elements with unrelenting continuance. It goes on, if you read to verse 47, they also added into going into the temple daily. They also added into like the worship. They went, they added also generosity. They shared all things, possessions, all things. Like these are key things that they devoted themselves unrelenting. And I believe this is part of the reason why there was a great reformation uh, revival, great um, great move of God that we see in the book of Acts because they had these things in play. With They had a revelation that they were living from in the area of community. And this word for they devoted themselves to fellowship is the word koinonia in the Greek, and it's a communion by intimate participation. In other words, communion or community is not community that just hangs out, uh, talks about the weather, and goes home, goes their way. No, communion, there's a, a participation, an intimate, there's a depth. Real community has depth, has deep wells. It's it's fertile soil. It's it's deep. It's it's moist for things to grow. It's not dry. It's it's one thing I, I you know for me, like I have a I have deep friendships. And then I have a lot of friendships and then I have a lot of acquaintances. Like if you go on my phone, like I have thousands of contacts in my phone. I know a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that I'm deep with all those people. I have acquaintances, people that I can call all around the world at any time. It doesn't mean that I'm super deep. 
Unfortunately, you can't be deep with thousands of people. It's really hard, but you can be deep with a few. Jesus had his three, he had his 12, he had his 70. You can have community, uh, but the depth of your community really is determined by how deep you really want to go. And this word for koinonia literally means communion by intimate participation or partnership. It's a brotherhood. It's a deep sense of spiritual unity. It's the kind of unity that is initiated by the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's a mission attached to it, connected to it. It means to cement people together as one. It means to be in agreement with one another and united with one purpose. And this is actually the first time the word is mentioned, this word, koinonia, in the New Testament. Then it's mentioned 18 more times. And from, from a scholarly theological perspective, Always pay attention to the, the law of first mention. When something's mentioned the first time, it sets the precedent. It's like the cornerstone to which everything else needs to be built from. And we need to look at where this was mentioned. It was mentioned in the groundwork, in the foundation, in the seedbed of the early church. Fellowship, communion, koinonia, the revelation of community was in the seedbed of the early church. And, you know, fellowship makes us feel like family. And when there's family, this is how trust is built. If you are part of a family, hopefully there's trust in that family. A strong family is a family of people that can trust each other. And uh, this is what community is supposed to feel like. This is what church is supposed to feel like. Yeah, the church, generally speaking, Big C Church, has not done the best job. Um, and, and, and just like families, the nuclear family and everybody's household, they don't always do the best job. But we're all a work in progress and our goal is to see Every community that we are connected to gets stronger in 2023. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. Like, gather together. Don't forsake the connection point, the community. And you say, well, I don't have to go to church to have community. Absolutely, you do not have to go to church to have community. Just like you don't have to go to the mechanic to drive your car, but it really helps to go to the mechanic to make sure you have your oil changed, to make sure everything's operating and functioning properly, that your brakes are checked. It really helps. Don't go to the mechanic for three years and you just may run into some problems because unless you are a mechanic, something is 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 likely to happen. And so, yeah, you don't have to go to church to have community. You can have community in many other ways, but there is a design and a desire and an expectation that God has for us as believers to not forsake the gathering. So yes, we don't go to church because we are the church. The Bible says that we are the ecclesia. The word church in the Greek language, is it's translated church, but the Greek word is ecclesia. And it literally means called out ones with a purpose. I mean, it comes from two compound words that mean called out ones with a purpose and a cause. And so when the church comes together, which is the people, when they assemble together with a purpose and a cause, something great happens. And the cause, of course, is to love God and make his name known. So yes, we are together. Yes, there is an expectation. And yes, it is healthy to see that gathering as a church community is part of having a revelation of biblical community. It doesn't mean that if you don't gather, that you aren't in community because you might have community, you might be part of a home group or something. But I would say this, that there is a very, very, very uh, high um, important value on gathering Sunday to Sunday as a community where you can be strengthened, empowered, equipped, and, and especially for your week. Um, and it affects every area of your life. So absolutely, this is one key 
component. Don't forsake the assembly. Community without mission is not able to fulfill the depth of transformation that community with mission can. Write that down. Community without mission is not able to fulfill the depth of transformation that community with mission can. I know a lot of people think, well, man, like relationships don't have to have a purpose. Let me just tell you this. Any relationship in your life right now is a God-sent relationship. And let me just retract something from that statement because I don't want you to think even the bad ones can be God-sent. Even the hard ones can be God-sent. But every relationship, let me just say it like this then, God is not surprised by. He's not up there like, I didn't know that relationship was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to take place. No, he knows before everything happens. And so you can look at the way God has situated your life right now, who is in your life. Every one of those people has a purpose, role, and mission to play in improving your life, even the hard relationships, even the betrayals, the bad ones. Jesus said it like this, hey, did I not choose the 12 of you? You can read it in John 6, and yet one of you is a betrayer. He chose Judas. He chose the one that was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. He would be his right-hand guy, handle all his finances, and yet he'd be the one to sell him out and get him arrested and basically throw him on the cross. He would be the guy, yet Jesus chose him. He chose the betrayer. And on the night he was betrayed, he gave thanks on the night he was betrayed because he could trust God that in the midst of sometimes the bad relationships, we can give thanks to God because we can see the good that will come out of even the bad and hard in our lives. And so every part of our relational equity or relational connections, I believe absolutely has mission and uh, and transformation attached to it. The question is, if we have a revelation of it, we will be able to actually receive it when it happens. Because a lot of people, they'll you know break rank when some bad things happen in a relationship. But what if they could work it through? What if good could come out of it? Now, some people do have to leave your life, of course. Some people do have to you know, betray you, sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. You might not see them again. They might kill, commit spiritual suicide, which happened, happened to Judas. Of course, he committed physical suicide and don't wish that on anybody, of course. But, um, you know, there are going to be relationships that leave your life. But even those relationships that leave your life have a purpose and a mission attached to it. And so if you can begin to see life through this lens, you will be able to see the transformation that comes with relational or revelation of community. Let me just show you a verse that really gives us a, a little bit of a glimpse into what community should look like and feel like. And it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Perfectly. There is a perfect fit for you. You're a part of the body. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are part of his body. He is the head, you are his body. Maybe a finger, you might be a hand, you might be a wrist, you might be an elbow, you might be a pectoral muscle, whatever it is you are. And I'm just speaking metaphorically here. You're a part of the body and you functioning in your part, in your place, makes the whole body healthy and whole. Paul says that he makes, Jesus makes, the whole body together fit perfectly. You fit. You fit. Now, you need to function. You fit, but are you functioning? Because just because you fit doesn't mean you're functioning. I want to encourage you in this season, part of the revelation of community, and I'm speaking specifically about church community, is functioning 
and participating. Remember, koinonia means intimate participation. You're participating in your role and in a part of your function to see health in the body. You functioning helps the other parts of the body function better. You not functioning becomes um, a weight that the other parts need to carry and compensate for. You don't wanna be that part of the body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, listen to what he says here. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Did you hear that? As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. If you don't do your own special work, other parts will not grow. Yet you fit perfectly together with the body. You have a place, it's a promise. You have a place, but are you functioning in your purpose? Are you functioning in the mission that God's put in your place or for your place? As each part does its own special work, it's special, it's, it's, it's beneficial, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing. This is the goal of having a revelation of community is to see the whole body healthy and growing, the whole body. My prayer in 2023, if you're a part of our house, if you're a part of the online part of our house, if you're a part of another house and you're just tuning in today, another church house, or you're looking for a church or you're in transition, whatever the case may be, my encouragement for you is one of the ways that you're going to see the revelation of community lead to transformation is get connected somehow. Be connected, play a part in God's body, in his body, the body of Christ. Don't be an observer anymore. Some of you have been, you've been watching from the sidelines for years, watching, just kind of coming to church or watching online. Or, But where's the role? Listen, I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You can be in your 70s, in your 80s. You still have a part to play. For you to think that you are a part of the body fitting together perfectly and do not have a part to play is to literally cast this revelation of community aside and say, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in what Jesus says about this. I have no role. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too uneducated. I'm not qualified. I have nothing to give. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You have something great to give, something, a role great to play. You have a responsibility before the end of your life that you have done your part in his body, in his house. And, and you know, part of the way that we serve his body is by serving the local body that we are a part of. Connecting on team, being there. Maybe it's for you in the season, you're dedicating, you're, you're dedicating your life to prayer. Maybe it's you're dedicating your life to sport, support financially in a different way. Maybe you're dedicating your life to meet some young men and young women and raise them up and pour into their lives and mentor them. And maybe it's kingdom business and you had you know experience in, in business and in different career paths, you're gonna mentor, pour into these individuals. I wanna encourage you, find something that you can do to say, I am playing a part in serving the body of Christ by investing in the local body that I am connected to. And I, I honestly would say that the beginning years of my life as a believer, some of you know my story, know my testimony, um, you know, 18, turning 19, have this encounter with Jesus. And I spent the next six months after I lost my job, four to eight hours a day, hanging out with Jesus in my bedroom, going to the street, going to the bar, going to the club, sharing my story, studying the word four to eight hours a day, all the time, every day. It became a foundational, pivotal season for my life that 
I can't shake. In fact, I would attribute everything that I am today to the start, that starting point. That was like the cornerstone uh, season of my life. And of course, there's other elements that came after, but that was a cornerstone season of my life. And in that season, I had mentoring. I had mentors that I met with every Sunday after church, which I didn't even know at the time what a mentor was. I'd never, that wasn't in my language. And uh, it really impacted me. But the thing that I can look back and say, Okay, I had all those things and I had, you know, this this the time, the four to eight hour I had the four to eight hours a day, I had the mentors. The thing that I would say that really was the glue in all of that that kept motivating me, that kept strengthening me, that kept supporting me when I wanted to give up, or maybe it was frustrated or didn't understand something, was the community that I was connected to. I was connected with these 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 few several key individuals that were apart. We were all kind of living a very similar new experience with God at the same time. And I'm still connected um, to some of those individuals today. And I'm thankful for those relationships because those relationships were the glue, were the was the fire that was forging and forming who I am today to make sure that I last the long haul. We need community. We need this community all the time. In fact, you know, and I, I would encourage you to write this down. Your environment, your alliances, and your connection are all instrumental for influence. Your environment, your alliances, and your connection are all instrumental for influence. If you want to make an impact, if you want to influence, remember that these three, these three elements, environment, alliances, and connection, are all a part of that. And that is found in the revelation of community. You're gonna be in the right environment. You're gonna be having the right alliances, aligning with the right people around your life and ultimately connecting deep with the right people, your inner circle, your tribe. And these things, when these things happen, you're gonna see influence. You're gonna see transformation, not just in you, but around you in what you do. So I wanna encourage you. This was, um, we're gonna we're gonna continue point number two and three next week, but I wanna encourage you to lean into these things in this season. I believe this, that number one, the revelation of community is absolutely key in this season of new landscape 2023, positioning yourself. I wanna encourage you, jump in, connect, connect to the house. If it's our house as a kingdom culture, someone else's house, uh, maybe you're in transition looking, maybe you're online, figure out, ask God, what is your role in this season? for 2023. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this new year. Thank you for this new landscape. God, I pray that in this season, you would rock the boat of our lives. You would rock the revelation of our lives when it comes to community, that you strengthen community in and around our lives in such a way that we never thought was possible. Show us the value of community in a way that we've never seen before. Help us to see what you see. Help us to know what you knew, you know about community. Help us to model in our lives what it looked like in Acts chapter 2, how the disciples, the apostles modeled community. God, take it up a level. Show us. Reveal it to us. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for everybody listening on the new year, on New Year's Day 2023, God, I pray that this would be a milestone pivot for us, that we would pivot. This would be a milestone moment that would pivot us towards looking at what you want us to look at in 2023. Landscape changes the focus. It changes the look. It changes the way that we utilize 
life and utilize and leverage the things that God you've given us. And I pray that in 2023, we would see the revelation of community change the look, the focus, and our ability to utilize life better in Jesus' name. Maybe you're watching and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you were invited to watch online because you heard that we didn't have an online or an in-person experience today uh, at Cineplex and you're like, hey, I'll just come online New Year's Day. Maybe you've kind of been listening in and out. Maybe you're listening after the fact, but somehow you're here. I believe you're here for a reason. And I just want to encourage you. And I want to I want to inspire you. And I want to um, implore you in this season to give Jesus an opportunity to be first in your life, to give Jesus to be, to give him an opportunity to lead your life in 2023 like he's never led your life before. Maybe it's for the first time, maybe it's sort of you're rededicating your life, you're recommitting to letting Jesus take the wheel again, letting Jesus drive the vehicle of your life. But if it is for the first time, I wanna encourage you with this, that's really simple, to let Jesus in. Paul says it like this in Romans chapter 10, he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't mean that a prayer saves you, but that's that decision, that moment where you acknowledge that he is God, that moment when you receive his forgiveness, that moment when you can say he was literally, he was raised from the dead because that, that marks him as so different than every other small G God. He died, but didn't only die a sinless death, voluntarily for you and I, taking our sin upon his life, he rose from the dead to give you new life, to raise you to new life. That new life that he came up into in resurrection is a prophetic promise of the new life that happens in you when you let Jesus take the wheel, you let Jesus become leader of your life. And if that's you watching right now, I wanna give you an opportunity. He on the cross, his last words were, it is finished. What was finished? The, the debt, the sin debt, the payment for your sin debt that you could never pay because salvation is not won by works, it's by his work. He finished the work on the cross. He said, it is finished. You may have tried to do good things to impress God. You tried to work out your salvation to, to hopefully get into heaven one day. Let me tell you this, all you have to do is believe. There were a bunch of people one day saying to Jesus, what, how do we perform? How do we do all these amazing things that you're doing, miracles, all these things that you're doing and, 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 and the work that you do, I wanna do the work that you do. And Jesus said, the only work that you need to do is believe. Believe in the one whom he sent. God sent his son, me, in flesh to be the one that saves you and brings you into the life you were always created to have with purpose, mission, and of course, living that out in the revelation of community. And if that's you, I, I would say this, that's the most important thing you can do coming into 2023 is to make Jesus front and center, start your year off by letting him lead your life in a real way. And maybe you're rededicating your life, maybe you're kind of realigning, prioritizing, whatever it is for you, letting him become the strength and the force that leads everything in your life, business, family, relationships in Jesus name. So God, thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, God, that you are declaring over our lives, new landscape in this season in Jesus name. Thank you so much, Kingdom Culture, for watching. We're going to hit point number two and point number three over the next two weeks. God bless you, and we will see you next Sunday.